You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hi, villains, and welcome to For the Love of Paul McGrath podcast. And as we know, it's international season at the moment, or international break, should I say, at, at the moment. And we're coming towards what I would term as, I would imagine every single club in the, in, in the world is already um, ratcheting up their transfer uh, teams, the recruitment teams, uh, see where they maybe need to do with a self-scouting point of view, areas that they need to improve on, players that they maybe feel are, that they're appraising in-house that maybe <clears throat> at the on the outset maybe look like they are reaching potential or are reaching um, targeted metrics or whatever the case may be and maybe look and see where they can improve their teams. And with that in mind, I'm going to take a little look over the next few weeks between now really and the end of the season. I'm going to put out a scouting series going from our right back position all the way up to our striker position. I've purposely left out goalkeepers and the reason I've left out goalkeepers is um, I don't want to patronize anybody by telling anybody uh, that I am a whiz at goalkeepers. I am not. And I do not know what constitutes a good goalkeeper from a statistical point of view. And to be honest with you, I look at goalkeepers and I say, okay, did he save that shot? Yes, he did. And um, it, it for me, it's a lot more nuanced from that point of view. We've all heard about Neil Cutler and his conversations he had with Aston Villa with regards to Emmy Martinez and the depth that they went into. And, um, you know, I, I, you would be, I feel myself I would be doing it a disservice if I was to look at that. Now, obviously, I think should we need to look at goalkeepers that potentially could be um, uh, brought in to, to, to fill the gap left if an Emmy Martinez hole did appear within our squad, which I don't think it will do this summer. 
Um, yes, we will obviously look at any goalkeepers that we are look uh, that we are linked to. But um, I don't. I would not feel comfortable doing a goalkeeper outing series. So with that in mind, we're going to start with right backs, which we're going to do today. We're going to then go through the centre halves, left left back, and so on and so forth, all the way up to see if there's any areas that we need uh, to improve on, and potentially if there are any players out there we feel could improve or could be an addition to the squad. Some of these players, well, a lot of these players we will not have been linked to previously. It's all about scouting and trying to find player types. Okay, bear that in mind. Um, and this is something that I want to kind of myself, I want to transition towards uh, is sometimes we find ourselves getting caught up on a specific name. And if X name doesn't sign for the club, well, then that's seen as a loss or it's seen as a failure on the club's po- from the club's point of view. Whereas every single club will go in and look at players and put players into buckets or types and um, they will be comfortable with players and 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 players' production, players uh, how, how players look on the field, how players uh, maybe move about in the field and so on. They'll be comfortable with 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 multitude of players purchasing them in, the, in in certain positions because they will have a type of player in there. So I want to kind of stay away from thinking about the name specifically. And within this scouting series, we're going to look at uh, five different players that I think Aston Villa. Five different types of players, I think, that Aston Villa could look at um, to purchase. Some of them will be on the cheaper side. Some of them will be on the more expensive side. Some of them will be attacking right backs. Some of them will be defensive right backs. And some of them will be that right back that can kind of tuck in and play as that right central center uh, half as well in a kind of a back three as Unai Emery liked to do in, a, in Villarreal. So if I start to talk about the very first person we're going to look at today after we take a look at Matty Cash and Ashley Young, their season so far, the first person we look at, spoiler alert, is not one of those right backs that can tuck in at centre half. He's more of a right wing back, uh, Alex Moreno type that can bomb forward. If we are going to play that narrow midfield, maybe some, maybe um, Unai Emery wants to go with creating width on both flanks with our, with our, uh, our full backs. I don't know. But this is the type of player I think that could come in that could supplement the squad, and we will talk about him in a moment. So that's a little bit of an introduction to this series with regards to right-back scouting series, as 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 I like to call it, that we're going to look at today. And I know that some of you, as I say, will um will want different names, and that's absolutely fine. These are not the, these are guys that I think fit a certain type that Una Emery might be looking for. Because to be honest with you, I don't know what type of player Unai Emery is looking for at this moment in time. So we're going to look at different types of players um, and uh, we're going to see uh, which one uh, Unai Emery or which type of player Unai Emery ultimately uh, sits upon afterwards. But before we can do that, let's take a little look at the incumbents and the players that we have at this moment in time. So uh, I'm going to pop up my slides here and... Um, whoops, what have I done? What have I done? Let me just uh, pop this into the screen again. Perfect. Excellent. So we're going to take a look at the two incumbents there, which obviously are Ashley Young and Matty Cash. The resurgent Matty Cash at the moment has come back into the team and has taken his space back. But as we know, start of the season was very much, uh, and the start of Unai Emery's um, reign was very much an Ashley Young led right back position and it's a really interesting look at them statistically to see how both of them are performing uh, so far this year so let's do that let's take a little look and both of them have been have been pretty um consistent what i want to show here is anything that you can see any numbers you can see here at white any line you can see in white on the right hand side in the radiograph and this and the heat map 
that has a white outline, that is Matty Cash. Anything in the grey outline or the dark grey outline or the dark grey um, numbering, that is Ashley Young's statistics. So that is the legend for this today. Now, obviously, we know when we look at the players playing that we can see certain things that that is is a bit different. And as I always say, we need to look at the numbers. It's very important to look at numbers, but it's also very important to look at the tape of these players as well. And sometimes we can remember things in matches that didn't happen and that aren't backed up by the data. And it's just very important to marry the two together. I'm going to say that until I'm blue in the face, because while it is very easy to pop up a visual here with regards to statistics, they still have to do it in the field. And, and you know, you still have to see these things actually happening on the field as well. One of the really interesting things that I found here in this, in this comparison here is how much better of a defender Ashley Young has been over the games he's played for Aston Villa so far this season. So statistically, we can see here he wins out in the amount of tackles, amount of interceptions, amount of tacklers, dribbles. He's less challenges lost over the course of the games that he's played. So he's when he tackles, people get tackled. Um, and he's had more tackles in the defensive third and more tackles in the midfield third as well than Matty Cash. So when we're looking at defensive actions from a tackling point of view, Ashley Young has been um, the more productive player in that point of view. And, and to be honest with you, I suppose we could see that on the field because he was tasked more with uh, with uh, not going as far forward. And when we look at his heat map over to the right-hand side, remember his heat map is the one outlined in the grey, in the dark grey. We can see here, obviously he's played a small bit at left-back this season as well. We can see here on the right-hand side, he does he isn't tasked with going as far forward as often as Matty Cash. 38-year-old, 37-year-old legs, it's to be expected. Then when we come down into the passing statistics part, it tends to even out. But I was really surprised that Ashley Young has 54.74 passing attempts per game so far this season. I thought that was really interesting. And I would have thought that he would have had a higher pass completion percentage. I would have thought that Matty Cash's pass completion percentage was around the 76% mark. We've seen that, you know, we've seen him have that. I would have thought when I looked at it, because this is where sometimes the eyes can play tricks in, on, on what's actually happening, that Ashley Young would have had a pass completion statistic in the 80% mark, but he doesn't. He has a worse pass completion statistic than Matty Cash. Does that affect the output that you see in the field? Not really, because as I say, I didn't notice it on the field, but statistically we can see it here. Once again, very important to marry scouting with your eyes and scouting with your spreadsheet. Key passes as well from Ashley Young. He's had more key passes and he's created more shot-creating actions, whereas Matty Cash has created more goals, more goal-creating actions over the course of uh, the season so far. And then when we come into the possession statistics here, once again, I was actually flabbergasted to see how many touches that Ashley Young has gotten off the ball. I suppose maybe I shouldn't have been flabbergasted because he is comfortable on the ball. He should be. He's been a winger. He's even played striker before. Hey, he's even played centre midfield under Dean Smith in that one game against against West Ham. Uh, I'm being glib about that, but, you know, he's used to the ball. He's comfortable with the ball. And that has aided him moving back through the lines as he has grown older. And that's given him the longevity in the league so far. Um, dribble success rate is pretty, pretty, um, pretty uh, much a wash between the two of them there. Ashley Young very rarely gets dispossessed in comparison to uh, to Maddie Cash. I think that's something that does show up on the on the the tape as well. You very rarely see Ashley Young get caught in possession, which is a brilliant brilliant um, 
uh, which is a brilliant uh, trait for a fullback as well. And lastly, we can see here the ball recoveries. This one blew my mind. I would have thought that Maddie Cash had a higher ball recovery rate than than, uh, Matt, than Ashley Young, but he doesn't. Ashley Young has had a higher ball recovery rate than uh, than Matty Cash. Um, one little piece I would like to note as well is Matty Cash's main, the, the majority of his games did come under Steven Gerrard in a different system completely. Ashley Young has been played in, in, in an Unai Emery system where he would have had more passes, more um, more touches of the ball, so on and so forth. Okay, obviously, it's they both played under both managers, um, but Ashley Young's um, Ashley Young's uh, games seem to have come in games where we've kind of controlled the ball a bit more, as we have been doing under Unai Emery. So, as we look at the two players we have here, I think it's fair to say that even though Ashley Young, in certain areas, is outperforming Matty Cash, that the statistics that we see here don't really tell the full story because of the different manager because of the managerial changes so far. Now, also what I'd like to say is, look, much and all as we all love Ashley Young, and as I say, I love Ashley, I, I, I love Ashley Young. I was skeptical at how his advancing years would lend himself to being a, a decent fullback in the Premier League, and I've been proven wrong. No shame in saying that. There's no such thing as a hundred percent strike rate. There's no such thing as an eighty percent strike rate. If you've if you've even a far thirty or forty percent strike rate in in, in any predictions. You know, the, the weird thing about humans is humans are made of gooey things and you can't predict that. You can't predict emotions, you can't predict anything you know, when players go out in the field and you can't predict drops in form. Um, as I say, I am absolutely delighted that Ashley Young has proven me wrong in his, in his move back to the fullback position and long may it continue. But father time is undefeated. He's 37 years of age. He'll be 38 this July. Yes, he may get another contract. It will certainly be his last contract at Aston Villa. I cannot see him playing to 39 or 40. I cannot see him being a Zlatan Ibrahimovic um, of the right back position for Aston Villa. Once again, I'm very happy to be proven wrong on that. But I just think the father time is undefeated. And with that in mind, I think that Aston Villa will, while it isn't a pressing need at this moment in time, I think Aston Villa will look towards maybe entering the transfer market to try and find somebody to come in and supplement that room. A lot of people have spoken about Kane Kessler-Hayden. I've specifically left any in this scouting series. I've specifically left our um, academy players out of the equation. Reason being is because I don't know where Unai Emery stands with any of those. And to be honest with you, in the last 12 months, Kane Kessler-Hayden's stock has slightly dropped. Since he's come back, since basically the Australia tour, his stock has slightly dropped as well. I'm not writing him off by any chance. I'm just including players from other teams to be brought in to supplement the room that we have here. Uh, so that's why I am not putting any of the um, any of the you guys in here. I'm fully I'm fully aware that there will be you guys will break into this team, and Kane Kester Hayden may very well make the backup position here, uh, his own, or maybe even the starting position his own. But I just wanted to put in that caveat. So, with that in mind, I wanted to take a look at a right back. I don't know. Uh, this is a right back that kind of jumped out to me um, recently, to be honest with you. He's jumped out to me um, because I've, I've seen him play at a right wing back position. I've seen him, um, I, I, I've seen him play uh, mostly there, to be honest with you. But he is transitioning and moving back towards that right back position. And he is a very attacking full back. He's a fullback 
more in the mold of an Alex Moreno type. And I'm going to start off with this guy because I want, because his statistics line up true to what we have at this moment in time. So the reason I'm doing this is if Unai Emery is happy with our defenders the way they are at the moment and maybe wants to inject a small little bit more of an, of an unpredictability or an attacking threat from the right back position, I'm not saying that's what he's going to do. I know I can hear people typing already saying he's he wants to play the 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 right back that moves into the center half position. We will look at those in future in future uh, podcasts. But I want to take a look at a guy um at a guy uh, first, and it is uh, he's a 22 year old defender from AZ Alkmaar. He's had, he's one Japanese. Uh, he's a Japanese player. He's one Japanese cap. He didn't go to the World Cup, as far as I'm aware. And his name is. Yukinari Sugawara from AZ Alkmaar. I saw him play in, to be honest with you, I had a really boring day one day and I had, uh, I, I, I happened to have, um, I, I happened to have the TV on and uh, there was an Eredivisie um, roundup uh, on and I happened to watch AZ Alkmaar, they had extended highlights of AZ Alkmaar. I think they might have been playing Go Ahead, Go Ahead Eagles. Great name team, by the way. And this guy just jumped off the page. This guy just jumped off the page, uh, off the off the screen to me. Yukinari uh, Sugawara. Um, reason being is his attacking ability was absolutely fantastic. He was able to get up and down and up and down the field. And it was just great to see uh, his engine was fantastic. Uh, at the risk of sounding stereotypical, he really does have that. Ja- you know, you look at Japanese team, uh, whenever you see a Japanese team play, they are super workers. I mean, like they 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 get around the field. They do not shirk their responsibilities, and it's real honest endeavor and effort. And this guy could be on one um one end line one moment, and next thing he's popping up in the in the opposite box the next. He just had a really good engine on him, and he was relentless, relentless throughout the game. What really struck me was this guy could ping in across from the mid that mid distance that Ahmed Mohammedi distance, as I'm going to call it, or he could get to the byline. And then I started watching some clips of him on my scout, and I started looking and going, this guy scored a couple of goals. This guy is really good. When the ball drops to him in the box, he's going to ping it in the top corner. And then I started looking at looking some more of him, and I went, I started looking then at what um, Arne Slot, what way Arne Slot then deployed him for AZ Alkmaar, and sometimes he would play a double fullback there on that right-hand side. We've seen once or twice, we've seen Unai Emery do this before, and what it would allow, what he would play uh, Sugawara slightly further forward, and it would allow then the fullback to cut inside to create that third centre-half, as we mentioned before. Almost going to a five at the back, allowing, allowing Sugawara to play, uh, to play as a wing-back. But what that really did was he is brilliant at spreading the plays or at widening the field. He creates brilliant width out there. He's very young and and he's going to be cost effective. So my thought process behind highlighting this guy, and we'll see statistics in the more in, in the moment, in, in the moment there, is cost effectiveness. If this isn't a position of massive need at this moment in time, if Kane Kessler Hayden is going to be somebody who's going to come up. Well, why not have three three fullbacks that play similarly that will allow us to plug and play if people are out of form, if people are injured? And Sugawara is somebody I think that could be that cost-effective attacking fullback that could come into the team. So let's take a little look at his statistics here. So as I said, he is uh, playing with AZ Alkmaar. 
Current market value as per transfer market is 4 million euros. So it's not going to break the bank. I would imagine he would be available for sub 10 million euros, which in this market ain't a lot. And it's okay. I, I think it would be very, very wise to maybe think of maybe purchasing that um that that auxiliary fullback or maybe that that the rotational fullback that could come in and learn in the Premier League. Look at his heat map. I I wasn't lying when I said he could be on one end line making a tackle, and then as the ball is transitioned in the counter-attack, he ends up at the other end, uh, crossing the ball in from the end line. He is relentless in his ability to be able to get up and down that sideline. He really is. He's relentless in it. It just bounces off the page. Um, other good things about him as well is that, like, he gets very, he's very involved in offensive in, in, in the play as the ball goes, as as the, the attacking play, as it moves from defence to attack, you know, in that transition from de- defence to attack, he's really, really good. We often hear about the overlapping run from uh, from a fullback. This guy has, while, while it's, it's definitely an Arnest slot tactic where he creates that with the, uh, as the uh, central midfielder will pick the ball up in the middle of the field, will carry it forward, and you'll see the Sugawara wrap around him on an underlap, if you want to call it. He's very adept at playing the ball in close quarters, and he can take. He usually takes the ball from inside to out, or he can. Sorry, not usually. He can take the ball from inside to out, or he can just attack in a straight line down that down that wing. So what I'm trying to get at here is, if you think that if we see how that Alex Moreno has really kind of transformed the way that we attack on the left hand side, something similar from the right hand side, whether Unai Emery wants to do it or not, this guy can give you that something similar on that right hand side. Um, as I say, he is a bit more of a wing-back than he would be of a traditional right-back. But in this Premier League, we've seen that attacking full-backs can be utilised, they can be fitted into a team, provided our midfield is nice and nice and structured. One of this, like the cross, Sugawara's crossing ability is brilliant. Just just go, even go on YouTube and just watch his crosses. One, one of the great things about, uh, about, about scouting is you don't need to have fantastic footage. You can go on YouTube and like when you, if somebody's a good crosser, you'd be able to see it from those uh, highlights that on a YouTube video to some Euro pop music. You'll be able to see it because a good cross is a good cross, regardless. You don't need to have multiple angles of a good cross. You don't like it. The only time that you need that is maybe if you're looking at where somebody's making a run from. Who is it? Is he better running it from deep? Um, does he? You know, how does he play on the shoulder of the of the defender? Stuff like that. But if you're a good crosser, you're a good crosser regardless, and you're going to see that straight away. He's he's really adept at making at at, at on the counter attack as well. He doesn't rely on his pace. You can see he plays he plays some lovely balls in behind defenses, as in. Balls that I think Ollie Watkins would, would thrive on, or dare I say, Leon Bailey would thrive on. And the reason I say that is he plays the how do we how do you describe this? So as he kind of comes in a small bit, he plays one of these kind of curled balls, curved balls. If if a if a fullback is out of position and he can curve that ball in between the fullback and the center half, so the striker can run off the shoulder of the center half, get on the ball and and be in behind and beat an offside trap. He's really good at that pass. Really good at that pass, and that leads to superb counter-attacking ability. It leads to him being able to to uh, to change that that transition, keep defenders guessing as well. So he's not a head down, run for the byline and cross the ball in and and rely on his pace guy. He can keep defenders guessing because he's really good in attack. Um, 
and he's great at getting in the box himself. You once again look up a look up YouTube video if you want, whatever. Because once again, if a guy gets into the box and scores a goal, he gets into the box and scores a goal. If it's a right back, you'll see where he's running from. You'll also see a lot in YouTube videos that yes, he has played at right wing, kind of a right wing back. That's fine too. I I I completely understand that, and he would have a lot more opportunities to get into the box and score goals. But it's worth watching how good this guy is as a finisher because. You know, if we get that opportunity to isolate, we've seen it a couple of times this season where Unai Emery is great at finding players' space. Brilliant at, at creating, sucking players into the middle from opposite teams. He does it with, with Moreno. He did it with Maddie Cash recently for the goal that you know, that uh, Anderson slid into the back and in, in, into the net against uh, Crystal Palace, that bomb forward run. Unai Emery is not shy at doing that. And if he can find this guy's space, this guy will be able to you will be able to work in an offensive pattern as well. So it's it's really interesting. Looking at his statistics here, he comes in very much in around the same the same as the guys, albeit from albeit the interception numbers aren't as high. Um, reason being as well is that look, he's played an awful lot at the right wing at the right wing position, the right wing back position. So you know, intercepting the ball once again as well, fullbacks. Do they really intercept the ball? They're there to shadow players as well. Um, and there is no statistic, I think, for that. If there was a jockeying statistic, if there's one out there, somebody please let me know. There used to be a great pressure statistic, um, but unfortunately, uh, a lot of those have gone behind massive paywalls now. And unfortunately, um, I don't think I would get sign off from the Minister for Finance here in this house to be able to 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 spend that big money on, the, um, on any of the statistical... Uh, the statistical packages that you might need for that. But um, all in all, looking into this, he, he ma- matches up from a defensive point, point of view very favorably with what we have already. Uh, it, but where we see the big plus point is going forward. So if we want to want to progress into attacking fullback, a cost-effective way is to sign somebody like uh, Yukinari Sugawara because we can see here he's had more crosses than the two incumbents, more shot-creating actions, more progressive passes, better passing rate, more passing attempts per game. So he gets into the game a bit more. And once again, I know being a wing-back, it, it does allow you to, to have those bigger numbers. But it also, then the converse side is being a wing-back here. He tackles at the same same rate as Matty Cash. He has more he's more recoveries than Matty Cash and just, just uh, shy of the, the recovery number of uh, an Ashley Young as well. So all in all, I think if Unai Emery wants to go, if he's happy with the type of right-back that we have at the moment, wants to get somebody in to supplement the right-back room, because, as I say, Father Time is undefeated and Ashley Young is getting up there in age, somebody like Asugawara could be a type of player that he is looking at at a cost-effective price. I hope you've enjoyed this today. I hope you have, because I've got four more names that I want to speak about. Four more. Four more names. Yeah, my, my tongue was tucked in there. Four more names that I want to talk about um, in the right-back position, and they'll be coming up over the next four days as well. Um, some of them, as I say, are pricey, some of them are, there's one guy that I think hasn't had a fair crack in, in, in the Premier League. He had previously, and obviously team got relegated and it's coming back to you know, a young player that I want to look at. And then I want to look at um two, uh, actually there's two players who didn't get a fair crack in the Premier League. And then one guy is uh, somebody I think is going to be a really good, good right back, um, a Brazilian player that we will look at. Uh, that that uh, is pretty pointless guy, but I think he's a fantastic all-round right back and uh, somebody that will be on the radar uh, over the course of the next few years for for a lot of teams within Europe. So 
I hope you enjoyed this. If you did enjoy, please give this a thumbs up. Please share it around with all your mates and all your friends. We're over 5,000. I want to say thank you very much to everybody for the 5,000 of all of the 5,000 of you that subscribe on YouTube. Marches on now to six. And guess what? After six, it'll be seven, eight, nine, ten. We want to grow this as much as we can. We are one of the only podcasts that. The, sorry, I don't want to say that, but we love to focus on scouting of players. Some of them will be linked and some of them won't be. That is completely our modus operandi. We are not trying to clickbait people into this. We're discussing players, types of players, based on Aston Villa's t- and how Aston Villa play and the type of player that may fit into an Aston Villa team. If you do like this, please like the podcast. Please please like follow us on Twitter. So um, Please subscribe on YouTube and we'd be delighted to have you along. Let me know in the comments what you guys think about, about this guy. Have a look at him as well yourself on YouTube and let me know what you think of him and let's scout and let's learn about these players together. So thanks very much, everybody, for watching. Thank you very much for listening. I hope you all enjoyed it. Stay safe, stay healthy, and all that's left to say is up the villa. Podcast Network.